Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. If you're into Formula One racing or even motorsport in general, I'm sure you wouldn't argue with me if I said to you that Michael Schumacher was the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And so tragically, in December of 2013, I remember being here the day the news broke. What an awful story. He suffered severe head injuries in a skiing accident. And the poor devil hasn't spoken since. And for much of the years since then, he has been in a medically induced coma, such as the severity of his injuries. He's alive. He's at home. He's maintained by a medical team. But that injury was the end of him, really. Um... Which made it very surprising and shocking, in fact, that a German magazine called The Actuelle, the news I'm assuming it translated, said last week he was publishing an interview with uh, Michael Schumacher. The first interview since he suffered severe injuries in that accident. And it produced an article that was full of quotes from uh, Michael Schumacher. That was the front page. Inside, it said, oh, this wasn't really an interview at all. It was written by a chat bot and the answers were generated by artificial intelligence. Now, I think an editor has since been fired. And I think the magazine may have even apologized. I'm not sure about that bit. But joined by Dr. Joel Wamsley of the UCC Department of Philosophy, his deputy head there. Joel, you've been saying that this is an example of how careful we need to be about what is out there about us in publicly accessible media because things like this can happen. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you. Yeah. this. I was quite shocked that somebody would do this. I would at least have thought they'd have gotten the okay from his family, which they didn't. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, there's the, the the moral problem, I suppose, is just a straightforward case of deception, both with respect to their audience and and the family of of Schumacher, um, who would obviously be terrifically upset to see this kind of thing happening. But I suppose um, what it does illustrate is the kind of capacity for doing this sort of thing that we now have available to us, given the recent rapid developments of artificial intelligence technologies. Yeah, like if you take something like Chat GPT, which we've talked about recently, somebody put I somebody put my name into that and asked it for a thousand words, and you would be. It was actually quite scary what it found. 
Right, yeah. I mean, ChatGPT obviously is the, the thing that lots of people are familiar with um, most recently. Um, and I suppose what's particularly striking about it is just how sophisticated it is in the sense that it's very hard to tell in many cases that the output it's giving uh, hasn't come from another human being, but has in fact been generated um, by by an AI. I suppose uh, what's also striking is that it's so widely available, right? This sort of thing um, in, in terms of AI systems, both for image manipulation and text manipulation and so on, used to only be available to experts, experts right? You have to had to know something about computer science to be able to do these kinds of things. But the fact that it's available to anyone and out there on the web means that um, anyone can also use it in some cases for good things, but um, as we saw in the, the Schumacher case, um, in some cases for, for bad things. Yeah. And when you couple that with the fact that people are also willing to um, provide so much data about themselves, either on social media or, or online in various ways, that means that the kind of information AI systems need to, to generate these, you know, deep fakes or, or, or artificial conversations is also widely available and um, can, can then get used um, in, in some cases for nefarious purposes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the range of what AI allows us to do and will in the future allow us to do is vast. But like you say, the nefarious reasons that someone could use it. We all do need, I think, do we, Joel, to be exceptionally careful from here on in of what we share and particularly the digital natives among us, the younger people who share everything. Well, that's right. I mean, it's certainly the case that um, the, when we're willing to, to share lots of information, both, you know, the written word and images and in some cases videos about ourselves, you know, we, we, we provide information on the basis of which AI systems can, can generate new content, right? The, the G in chat GPT stands for generative, so that the, the worry here is that um, it, it can generate things and attribute them to you, including videos or pictures or texts um, that you didn't actually say yourself. Um, so we, it's something we should be cautious about. I mean, I think it, it is actually something that um, people who, as you call them, you know, digital natives, people who've grown up with this technology um, are more alert to. Although cases like um, the, the Michael Schumacher case and, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about deep fake video. And, and photographs and so on recently they've sort of drawn them drawn drawn attention to this fact so you know although the cases are horrible the fact that they've become widely known means that at least people are starting to become aware of the um, the risks associated with sharing this much data wonder, do they, that's the thing that's with, right. with the natives particularly gen z joel do they actually care well uh, i think that i'm you know it's hard for me to say i'm uh, but i i think People are aware of it and do worry in certain respects. I think it's going to um, it's going to become increasingly apparent, um, especially as I say with with um, the most recent developments in AI. ChatGPT is sort of fairly recent; it's only in the last five or six months that it's come about. Um, I suppose last summer we had um, that that AI system called Dolly, which was an image generating AI program. So um, I, it, I, it wouldn't be surprising, I think, if people started to be a little bit more careful. And to a certain extent, we also see that reflected in more recent legislation and regulation about these kinds of things. You know, the GDPR regulation, heightened awareness of you know data privacy laws and so on. Um, people are starting to become aware of it um, much more generally. That's right.
I think it's still a little bit of a legal grey area, though, yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, you know, thing with, with the Schumacher interview, come back to that in the legal area. Like I, right. I was what what shocked me most. I think having been a fan of Schumacher in his time and a great admirer of the man was not that, not that it was done, and not that it could be done even, but that they felt right. it okay to do it without telling his family. That's unethical. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And that's and that's unethical in a way that's not um, special to the novel developments yes, in right. AI. You're right. Um, I suppose one thing we could say. I mean, so one of the things I I, I work on and uh, and I teach in in UCC is the ethics of artificial intelligence, and in many cases the things that we think of that we we're now more alert to as ethical problems associated with AI are actually old-fashioned ethical problems. They're questions about trust and bias and responsibility and deceit and that sort of thing. Um, which have been with us, you know, for as long as humankind has been around. But I suppose artificial intelligence is a, a technologically supercharged way of, um, you know, behaving in the same bad ways that we always have, but more efficiently in a certain sense. There's an interesting ethical question, actually, um, that I wanted to put to you. You know, the way they did compile that from uh, Michael Schumacher, that was out there. They fed off what was out there. If I publish sure. something using AI from what is already out there and was already said, what ethics am I breaching? Right. Well, if you portray it as your own words, uh, that would be an instance of deceit. Um, so, you know, whether whether it's compiled on the basis of information that's already out there or not, what's, what's really problematic is um, pretending that you came up with it. Um, yeah. Obviously, in the university sector, in education, um, lots of people are worrying currently about whether students might use these kinds of AI systems to, to write their essays yes. or to, to pass off um, AI-generated content as their own work. And um, what, what one might say in that case, and this is, as I say, this is an instance where this has always been in the regulations, passing off someone else's work or something else's work as your own um, has always been something that's been um, frowned upon and forbidden. So in that sense, um, it, you know, it's nothing new. What's the, ch the challenge is that um, the AI systems are so good at it that it's increasingly hard to tell mm -hmm. um, whether, yeah. whether that's being done. Yeah. Now, that um, so that's why I say I think that... Oh, sorry, go on. That, that magazine did say, no, not on page one, but it did say that right. the interview had been written by a chat bot. Does that get them off the hook? Well, I mean, if they admit to it a little bit later on, you know, on page seven of the magazine or halfway through the article, I mean, then, you know, that, that does reveal what they've really been up to. I mean, I suppose the reason, one reason that, one additional reason that we might frown upon it is that it's sort of straightforwardly an attempt to sell more copies. Um, and I think that one of the things we often you know, feel is a, a moral worry is that when people pull these stunts in the pursuit of profit, right? Mm -hmm. I think one of the other worries that people have about the, the development of um, the most recent powerful AI systems is that in many cases it's being done by private companies um, whose interests often are about the bottom line and the interests of their shareholders rather mm. than the, the ethical interests that mm. um, concern most of us. So in the case of the magazine, they did it to sell more copies. In the case of these many online things, we, we see things, people, people are looking for more clicks. And so an additional worry about all of these um, contemporary developments in AI is precisely whose hands the technology happens to be in. And in many cases, again, it's an old-fashioned motive. Um, these things are used 
for the profit. pursuit of profit yeah. in many cases. All right. Yeah. right. Leave it there. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Joel Walmsley, who is the Deputy Head of the UCC Department of Philosophy. The message here is be careful what you share. Now, for some people, it's way too late, but be careful what you share because AI can hoover it up and generate something like that. Quartz 96 FM.